Welcome back to the Jolly Cove Book Club. My name is Sophie. I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined by two of my besties, Hallie Bell and Michelle. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to talk about this book. But first, I want to know how are we doing? How are we feeling this evening? We're doing great over here. How are you guys doing? Michelle? You know, I'm okay. I just finished this book five minutes ago. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how I'm doing. (laughs) We'll see. It's shocking because she's supposed to be the speed reader of this group. So we're just like, Michelle, what happened? Are you okay? Is this a bad sign that the book wasn't as gripping as we thought it was? We'll get into that. She's taking advantage of her powers, (laughs) of her speed reading powers. Do we have something cozy that we're sipping on this evening? I will start. I don't know if it's necessarily cozy, but I have a glass of beautiful. Actually, (laughs) you know what? I don't want to be ashamed to say that I like sweet wine. Because I feel like that sometimes oh, is a no. shameful thing and it's like embarrassing to admit that you like enjoy sweet wine. But the thing is I don't no, I don't discriminate. I actually love all kinds of wine. But let me just tell you what kind of wine I'm drinking. It's this peach flavored wine. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> From Trader Joe's. The brand is called Love Olivia. I think that's what it's called. And it's peach and it's so summery. And I felt like it was the perfect drink for tonight because it's so summery and delicious and crisp. And it's like a tiny bit sparkling. It's so good. But yeah, it's a Trader Joe's find, and I wanted to share that with you tonight. It's delicious. That's what I'm sipping on. That looks fresh. fresh. I love it. Thank you. What are you drinking, Hallie Bell? She's drinking good old H2O (laughs) because she had her glucose test today. Oh, my gosh. To make sure she doesn't have the old diabetes. And um, we're waiting to hear back, but I, you have to drink like the most sugary drink in the world, the least coziest drink yeah. <laughs> on the planet. And so I got to flush that out of my system. So I have been drinking water. Fair enough. <laughs> Good for you. Fair enough. She's got her Stanley Cup jug filled with ice and water. We love that. Michelle, what are you drinking? I am drinking a homemade Moscow Mule. It's my favorite little cocktail. And so I got all the ingredients to make some here at home. How did you whip that up? Oh my God. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Three ingredients, guys. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) No, that literally sounds delicious. I might try that next week. I think we should just dive right into the book this week because we have a lot to say and this is going to be quite the podcast. I'm excited to dive in. So the book we are talking about today is the book that everyone is talking about right now. It is Happy Place by Emily Henry. It's a romance slash contemporary fiction and it has been one of the most anticipated books of 2023. It was also an instant number one New York Times bestseller, and I think it's been up there for like two weeks now, which is since it came out, which is amazing and wild. And congrats to Emily Henry. So we're just gonna get into it. I'm gonna do a quick synopsis. I'm gonna try to keep it as concise as possible. This book is about Harriet and Wynne, who have been a couple since they got together in college eight years ago. And every summer, they vacation with a group of friends, their group of best friends. It's two other couples to this family cottage on the coast of Maine. And they have the most magical time, but this year's trip is different because Harriet and Wynne have secretly broken up five months ago and called off their engagement. Harriet plans to go on the trip alone and is planning to break the news to their friends in person. So she and Wynne come up with this excuse to get him out of going on the trip. But then when she shows up, she's shocked to see that Wynne is actually there at the cottage. And then they find out that this is going to be their last summer at the cottage because it's going to be sold. And two of their best friends are going to get married there at the end of the week. So they're decide that they don't want to ruin the last week at the cottage or ruin their friend's wedding week. So they are going to continue 
to keep their breakup a secret, pretend to still be a couple for the rest of the week, and break the news later on when the wedding is over. Um, And it's really intense because they haven't really spoken in five months since their breakup. There wasn't a lot of closure with their breakup either. Harriet is still unsure of why Wynn ended things. They were basically doing long distance the past year, and Harriet was in medical school in San Francisco. Wynn was caring for his mom in Montana, and Wynn was the one to end things. So he broke up with Harriet over a four-minute phone call. Harriet was very shaken up, very confused, angry, and all of those emotions are very unresolved going into this week. But now they have to spend the week together pretending to be a happily engaged couple in front of their best friends at this cottage for the week. So that's the synopsis. Sorry, that was long, but I wanted to (laughs) get it all out there. Honestly, listening to that was my favorite part of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Shell! Stop it right now. The (laughs) roast. The roast has begun. Get the carrots, get the potatoes. The roast is ready. Oh, my word. Okay. I was going to say, let's start with overall thoughts on the book. Did we like it? Michelle, you start. Okay. Listen, I liked the book fine. (laughs) It's, you know, I've never read one of her books before, and it was exactly how I thought she would write a book. I, my hopes were very middle of the road and it met my expectations. So yeah. Okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but it was an easy read. Hallie? I just have such mixed feelings about this book. Like if I just channel my 16 year old HB reading a book, I love it. It's perfect for me. As a grown woman, this book has a lot of frustrations for me. Mm-hmm. I think her writing is really good and super digestible. Mm-hmm. However, if I switched one part of my mind off, I enjoyed it. If I turned on another part of my mind, I didn't enjoy it. So okay. I literally can look at it from two perspectives. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm, I have a bit of a different take, honestly. I overall adored the book. There were definitely some like rocky moments where I was unsure where it was going and started to doubt if I would ever be able to like relate or understand to these characters. But then the more I got to know them, the more I understood and the more I loved them. And I was like, okay, actually like I can see, I can see how this happened. Um, But in the middle, it was, it was pretty frustrating and just like weird, just like not knowing what was going on. I'm like, okay, well, how am I supposed to like or connect to these people if I don't agree with any of the way that they're acting? But then it all kind of came together and made sense in the end um but I loved how atmospheric this book was I feel like I was there at the cottage with them like I feel like I could smell and feel everything that was going on like the way that she wrote was so true right it was so immersive and descriptive but without being like obnoxiously descriptive like sometimes it can be boring and you're like okay let's get to like what's going on but for me I was just like vibing with all of this feels and like the immersive experience of it so I really enjoyed that part and I think that's what got me through like the slower moments I was like at least I'm like enjoying this little vacation at the cottage you know so I loved it oh I was also gonna say I loved how many tropes there were in this book so many there was like second chance romance friends to lovers fake dating was like the Mm -hmm. biggest one found family they're also forced literally every single book trope that there ever is in a rom-com was in this book but at the same time, I feel like this was the least rom-commy book that she's written so far. You guys feel that way? Like it wasn't as like cheesy in your face rom-com? I felt like she was trying to touch on some bigger issues, some things that were in that are in like present day minds a lot, like job security type things. Yeah. Um, so I would I appreciated her tr- attempting that. Yeah, I feel like there was definitely some like she was touching on mental health and stuff with Wynn and what he was going through with his 
depression. By the way, can I just say huge spoiler alert? Like if you don't already know, in this podcast, we're diving in deep. We're talking about everything. Like nothing is off the table. There, this is a full spoilers podcast. So that's the fun of it is that we all get to discuss and like chat through everything. Just wanted to mention that at the front of the episode in case someone is like thinking this is a, re- a review. Do your reading, people. Do your reading. <laughs> exactly. Have any of us read any of the other Emily Henry books. I know Michelle just said this was her first Emily Henry, but I've read a few of her others. Hallie Bell, you've read a couple of her others. Which was your favorite? Oh, Book Lovers. The yes. the last one is so good. I mean, it. I recommended it to people. I, re- I recommended it to my mom. It's something very shareable, relatable, cute story. Um, I have also read The People We Meet on Vacation. Um, <laughs> I had to pick it up twice because it was just not as digestible. I did finish it finally. Um, I didn't quite enjoy it. And then there was Beach Read, which was like a middle of the road. I feel like very in line with this book. Um, in, in kind of like where I stand, like I read through it. I read through it quickly. I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I, I also read book lovers and beach read before this. I love book lovers. I don't know if I like it more than this book though. They might be equal. They're both very different though. Book lovers felt like a true rom-com. Like I was laughing the whole way through book lovers. This one is definitely a heavier read, um, similar to beach read, but anyhow, I've loved all of, oh, oh, I was going to say I did read started to read people we meet on vacation and I had to DNF because I was just like, nah, these characters are not for me. But since I've already read so many of our other books and I loved most of them, like I feel like I should give it another try. We'll see if I ever get around to it. Are we ready to get into the discussion questions? We're ready. Let's do it. The first question, did this book get you in your feels? Did you cry? If so, what part made you the most emo? I didn't cry. I mostly laughed and not at funny parts. (laughs) I laughed at some of the cringe, you know, like you giggle when you're uncomfortable. That was kind of me this whole book (laughs) at at moments. Um, Wow. There were some parts that like definitely made me, you know, empathetic for the character, um, but I wasn't getting the feelings that I was seeing online um, about people crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, literally the the reviews that I was seeing were people bawling their eyes out, taking photos of themselves, bawling their eyes out, holding this book like it was the most intense book they've ever read, which is like fair enough. There's a lot of really intense stuff in this book, but it didn't. It didn't quite hit me like that either. Michelle, what did you think? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think I teared up. I think I might have teared up once and I'll circle back to that later. But all of these people who online were like sobbing, I was like, did you never have a boyfriend in high school that just like broke your heart? Because that's what this book reminded me of. I was just like annoyed the whole time. I was like, "Yes, have you never? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it didn't get me in my emo feels like I wanted it to. And I also started People We Meet on Vacation and immediately stopped because I was like, oh, her books are going to be such perfect rom-coms. And I was very excited to cry during this book and I didn't. We're open to crying. I mean, I'm I'm ready and willing. I've got the tissue yeah. boxes right there, but this book just didn't do it. <laughs> I I did cry. I did cry. I wasn't bawling my eyes out like the way that people were saying that they did throughout the whole book, but I definitely like towards the end, I think maybe like only like 85% and was the first time that I cried. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was emotional about though. I think it was 
I think it was when Cleo was announced that she was pregnant and all that stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, that really got me. Yeah. I had chills. I was so shocked. And I loved that part. And then also I was more – I actually didn't cry, I don't think, over <laughs> – over Harriet and Wynn's relationship. I think I was more so crying about her relationship with her parents and also the passing, like um, the grief part of it of Wynn's dad who passed away. That that was really emotional for me. That was sad. Yeah. Those were the sad parts that I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I cannot. But I don't think I ever sobbed for Harriet or Wynn. (laughs) Question number two. Wynn and Harriet have similar insecurities, but they cope with them and handle conflict in different ways. How do you handle conflict? Can you relate to uh, Wynn or Harriet more? I'm going to say neither because (laughs) these people need to get things out in the open. We talked about this in our last book. If you have a problem, say it. I mean, don't beat around. Don't hide things. Don't bury it down. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. And that was the whole thing about this book is people just sitting on their hands with their secret. And there's literally a quote (laughs) that I'm going to go ahead and just bring up right now because I just think it's so spot on. It's on page 281. I'm not telling you to use your pregnancy as a bargaining chip, I say, but I think when she finds out what you've been dealing with, she's going to understand. It was just like, duh, duh, duh. Like, get your secrets out in the open and people will understand and relate. Like, there is such beauty in being vulnerable. I get that if there wasn't, if these characters weren't holding their secrets, there wouldn't be a plot. But just in regular life as a tip... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I feel like it's so much better just to be honest and vulnerable. Yeah, I fully agree. Michelle? I agree. And I'm taking this back to high school. Every character in this book, I think, treated their feelings like high school. And I do, like, I love how Harriet came out at the end and was like, I'm putting it all on the table. This is how I feel. Yada, yada, yada. Like, I'm so glad she did that. Wish she would have done it earlier. Right. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I wish they all would have been more open. I, I don't think there was a single hero in this story because they all kept everything to themselves the entire time. Agreed. You know who was the hero? And we can get to this later. Sabrina. Because she brought everyone together yes. even though she knew well, their secret. <laughs> I love Sabrina. She's my favorite. I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I disagree completely. You're kidding. I'm not. When we get to characters, we're going to discuss that. 100%. Let's table this. Let's, let's table Sabrina for another time. I agree with you, Helly Bell. I do not relate to either of these in the way that they handle conflict. I feel like, like you said, they just push everything under the rug. Don't talk about their problems until everything blows up. Towards the end, I like their conversation where Wynn was teaching Harriet how to fight well. Yes. And they were like having like ground rules of how they're going to fight like in – you know, have arguments and deal with conflict. And she was like, wait, what? Like she'd literally never seen or experienced like a healthy argument before in her life because her parents were not a great example of that. They had a really unhealthy marriage for the most part and just kind of swept things under the rug. And every time they had a fight, things were just worse and worse instead of having a fight and then resolving the conflict and then becoming closer for it. So I like that part. Um, But I just wish that Wynn would have push that a little earlier in the relationship but if he did there would like we said there would not be a book because they wouldn't have had any of these problems I love that too Sophie because like in traditional family dynamics the youngest is the jester of the family and Harriet although she was the 
um, well, she was the youngest. So just kind of like trying to fix the problems with, can I get you a drink of water? Can I get you your favorite cookie? Like, I totally relate to that. (laughs) You know, like in the middle of a fight, like, let's all take a walk on the beach. You know, like that type of... (laughs) So true. That type of... And he calls her out on it, you know, when does, and he's like, you don't have to fix it. Like, let them like be in their fight. Yeah, let them figure out themselves. That was good advice. But also sometimes it's good to offer a cookie and a break, you know? 100%. That's so you, Hallie Bell. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just like the whole time I was like, I wish like Wynn is so good at arguing apparently. Like he's so – he has this amazing healthy relationship from his parents that he – it was his example. So he knows how to be in a healthy open relationship. But I guess when he was going through his grief, he was just like too blind and bogged down to like be fully himself and be present in that relationship. So that's why everything got swept under the rug and it was – that. that's why I was like, okay, I can like see past this massive character flaw of them not communicating because – she just like wasn't a fully formed like um <laughs> well-adjusted adult because of her parents the way that they fought and then also yes. when was just so like deep in his grief that he couldn't like be fully present in their relationship but that being said they did have like i don't know seven years together before this happened where like i guess everything was happy-go-lucky and they never fought once during that seven years i don't know that was a little yeah. bit of a pothole for me like i said like some things just have to be like, it's a fictional book, so – and there wouldn't be a book if they were perfect at communicating. So, I mean, it is what it is. Okay, the next question, actually, I feel like we kind of just spoke on it, but how do family dynamics inform the decisions that Harriet and Wynne make? Hallie Bell? I think it's super interesting that her parents, they don't really love each other. Like, mm. they were just kind of, like, in this marriage as, like, partners in, like, life um, without any romance. And there's something to be said for that because they did try to provide a good life for their girls. And um, I get like being frustrated with your child, like not on the path that you want them to be on. And then one is, and it's hard to not have a favorite. Um, And I think that that definitely played a huge factor into Harriet and how she reacted in situations because she is the golden child and always again trying to make things perfect yeah and when comes from this super stable family that seemingly you know I mean he does speak on that they do have problems but he has a hard time relating to Harriet's struggles with opening up and not brushing under the rug and you know that sort of thing Michelle what do you think I I wish I had more to say about this subject. And, you know, I also blame it on the fact that, again, I I just finished the book a few minutes ago, so I haven't had time to process a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But listening to Hallie Bell talk, like, I think me personally, my family was like Harriet's growing up, and now my family is exactly like Wynn's. And so it's so interesting to see both sides and how their families are now. And like going back to the communication issue, I thought it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it was crazy, absolutely bananas that Harriet blocked his number after like the four minute call. I think that's such a youngest child, golden child thing to do is like, oh my God, something didn't go right for me this one time. This boy broke my heart. I'm going to immediately block his number when in reality he was like trying to text her. And I don't blame that on her family dynamics, but it definitely shows in the fact that she was this golden child 
And given we didn't know a lot of her struggles until more towards the end. Yeah, all I have to say is I loved Wynn's family and I saw both sides and really interesting. I have a different perspective on this Harriet blocking him thing because I was like, this is so, so immature, so unhelpful. And like, obviously it's the wrong thing to do because he wasn't like this toxic, crazy ex or anything. But the way that she justified herself she basically said she blocked him because she couldn't trust herself she didn't want to be like always you know thinking of reaching out to him because you know she didn't want to beg for him back that was her whole thing of why she never like reached out to try to get yeah. closures because she's like i don't want to have to beg him to love me like that's not how it should be oh, yada, and yada. you shouldn't girl you and, shouldn't and you shouldn't <laughs> words from the wise when needs to do some heavy lifting in this i <laughs> There are moments. He's got to start grafting. He's got to put on his grafting boots. <laughs> to graft so hard, man. There were moments I was literally like, when I don't know if he even likes Harriet. And when she was running off the plane, I was like, Harriet, take a beat. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because he was just not fighting. But then he was there at the airport, which was like, okay, thank God. Because if he wasn't there, girl. Praise be. <laughs> Praise be. Literally, I feel the same way. I was like, why aren't they fighting for each other when they both clearly are so deeply in love and obsessed with each other? Like, they're it for each other. But neither of them seem to be fighting for it. But they were in their own way, and, like, they eventually got there. It just was a lot of, like, inner conflict to deal with. They're like, I love you so much. I hope you the best. Wish you the best. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the last time I ever kiss you. They had their last kiss five times. Oh, my God. Seriously, I was stressed out. But it it made it for good reading because I literally, towards the end, I was like, I actually don't know if she's going to make these two characters end up with each other or if they're going to go their separate ways. And that's why I thought everyone was sobbing their eyes out because maybe they didn't end up together. And then obviously they did, but thankfully they did. Yeah. I would have been so mad if they didn't. I would have been extremely upset. Wait, can I say something, guys? Please. I, I'll be honest. I'll be completely honest. I read the last like few sentences of the book halfway through because I was like, I just need something oh, to get me through Michelle. this. And I, you are and I thought, I thought that he had like died. I thought that he died. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense as to why everybody's crying. <laughs> no, 100%. I thought so. – I was like, everyone's crying because Wynn dies. Yeah. Like, that's – that. I literally thought that that had to be the end of the book. Like Same. At the beginning of the book, I was like, oh, he's going to have, like, this diagnosis he has to share. She saw the text from his mom, and I was like, oh, gosh. He, ha- he has to tell her something. What is it? No, he's just got a million-dollar furniture business. <laughs> cancer it's just success (laughs) he's just a millionaire wow i just literally died when he shared that secret i laughed so hard he's like don't look it's a picture of a table (laughs) (laughs) tell me about that's hysterical i'm cackling wait i need to bring it back and share with the listeners that michelle is a lunatic and she likes to jump ahead in books and read the last page before she starts the book or during while she's reading the book and that to me is like sociopath behavior i cannot with you i do i've always done that i have to because if if the last page doesn't hook me i'm not gonna read it but how does it not just spoil it and then you're just bored because you know what's gonna happen well this one didn't spoil it because clearly i thought he was dead wait what was on the last page (laughs) I need to go to the last page. Can I please read the last paragraph? Because you're so right. It sounds like he dies. Yeah. It's so funny. Read. He oh will. Gosh. Read it. I can't. Yeah. 
It says, I feel a lift in my chest, a surety. He will be waiting on the other side, still covered in sawdust and smelling like pine. Before I even see him, my heart starts singing its favorite song, You, You, You. (laughs) Yep. He's waiting on the other side. He's on the other side of the pearly gates, smelling (laughs) like sawdust. Oh my God, he's dead. Maybe that's the secret undertone that we're supposed to take away. Hopefully. Michelle. Hopefully. That was so hilarious. That's oh my so gosh. so funny. No, he's literally just on the other side of the door of their apartment. Uh, okay, moving on to the next question I have. Um, what did you think about the jump in timelines as Harriet struggles with her past and present? Did it affect the pacing of the book for you? I definitely did think it slowed it down a bit, especially in the middle. Um, And I wish that we kind of would have like summed it up maybe in just a couple of chapters. I agree completely because the past, the bouncing back and forth did absolutely nothing for me except for the beginning of the book when it was talking about how they first met yes. and her meeting the girls. And that like really hit home for me because I was just, I'll come back to this with my, you know, favorite parts, but that did a lot for me, like learning the past of their relationship and how they met. But then once we were going back and forth and back and forth, I was like, all of these details are irrelevant <laughs> because they weren't doing anything for the plot. You're so right, Michelle. We needed more girls past. Like yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted more sisterhood of the traveling pants. Um, and instead <laughs> we were getting like the Harriet and Wynn show and I needed more on the totally. sisterhood. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I, it was a tiny bit slow for me, only in the middle, but I still enjoyed it. I wasn't like rushing through it or trying to like skim through. I was really enjoying it because I feel like we got to experience their full love story and like really understand like how they fell so much in love and some of the dynamics of the friend group, which were fun. Although I will say, I feel like the whole middle of the book was just like them just getting drunk and like throwing up and being hungover for like a million pages. Like, okay, moving on. Thank you. We got it. We got it. They're 30 years old still in we there. We get it high school vibes <laughs> or college vibes I guess <laughs> it's just like girls gone wild weekend like I, I don't understand like 30 year olds want rest and relaxation they mm-hmm. don't do this these 30 year olds this do. is not reality oh I'll speak for myself I'm the only 30 year old on this podcast <laughs> listen I'm 45 in my heart and I can tell you right now even 10 years ago I would be more opting for a poolside lounge than you know a night at the chicken box or wherever they went this is so funny that you're bringing it up because I wrote down some of these scenes as being my favorite Michelle okay that's because Michelle's still in diapers Michelle how old are you I will be 25 in June. So yeah, halfway to 50. Uh, she's 24. Our baby girl. <laughs> Hallie Bell, how old are you? I feel like we didn't give our ages on our introductory um, episode. I had to really think about this the other day. I'm 27. <laughs> Just for clarification. You're 27? Yes, I'm going to be 28 in July. If you would have asked me, I thought you were a 23-year-old mom of two. You know... <laughs> I literally have never felt my age, so it's always just a puzzle to be of what age I am because I am perpetually 40, and that once I reach 40, that's when I'll really hit my stride <laughs> as a person. Wow. You're so right. Honestly, that's so true. I feel the same. I feel like in my soul, I'm like 60. Like I just want to be on the beach reading the book like in a big hat, a big floppy hat. I'm 30, you know, so I'm halfway there. We're getting there. And you can oh speak for 30-year-olds that this behavior is yeah. 
not of a 30 year old <laughs> no i understand having like one fun night everyone sure. lets loose yeah. but it was like every night their goal was to get as hammered as possible and just like relive the glory days of college and that was just like what are you doing like relax please if you learn anything in yeah. college benders only lead to like more drama like it just is a fact like it's fun to have one night as an adult like sophie said but the ongoing need to get drunk i mean grow up (laughs) i so agree with you and also it wasn't like they were bonding in these moments i mean i guess a little bit like i like them like playing in the pool and like being around the campfire but like them going out and like i don't know i just like there wasn't as much like bonding and closeness it was kind of like everyone was just kind of avoiding each other and avoiding having conversations because everyone was hiding stuff Mm -hmm. so anyway are we ready for the next question ready who out of this friend group do you most relate to and why who do you least relate to here's the thing with this friend group like there was one moment with me (laughs) that really was like okay I this I've never had friends like this when Parth comes by and like kisses Harriet on the head Parth is another girl's boyfriend yeah Fiance. Okay, Sophie <laughs> Sophie or Michelle's husbands, Joss or Felipe, would never come and kiss me on the head. And we're so close. And we're oh, so we're close. So we're close. <laughs> I think Felipe might. <laughs> if Felipe kissed me on the head, I would literally be like, what just happened? <laughs> like, their level of closeness, and maybe it's just their, I mean, they're on a different level than us, maybe. But, mm-hmm. um... It would be strange. Like, and I've taken vacations with (laughs) Sophie and Josh. Like, it just, I couldn't relate to some of their dynamics in that way. Um, It's too much. I feel like, I feel like they had such like a, like, I don't even want to say brother, sister, because like my brother would never like kiss me on the forehead, (laughs) but like almost like an older cousin or something like, but not like your friend's boyfriend. No, 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 no. Yeah. And they would like come up behind each other and like splash in the water and I'd be like, Josh, don't touch me in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a creep, Josh. (laughs) I mean, are we like not fun? We're like, you shouldn't have a vendor. Don't touch your friends in the water. Someone's going to listen to this and think we are so – or think you guys are so boring. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> listen, it's who I am. And you, the question was, do you relate? And I'm just like, no. But I do – I guess you guys, would you agree that I'm kind of a Sabrina? I, I don't think that I would set any of you up in a bad situation like she did. Like I would never invite an ex-boyfriend I would never buy anybody inappropriate at an event for somebody that I love. Like that just would. That's so true. It just would never do that. However, I am the one to maybe like ask a question to incite a conversation (laughs) because I want to like bring people back together. And I felt like Sabrina was trying to create the vibes and the atmosphere so that maybe they could rebond. Um, So she was my favorite in that way. Um, just because I could relate the most to her. Did you least relate to somebody that you like hated the most? Huh? Cleo. <laughs> Say it, Hallie Bell. You hated Cleo. And I'm pregnant. And she's your pregnant sister. Oh my God. I just felt like she was such a buzzkill all the time. And like when Sabrina was like, let's get tattoos. And Cleo's like, 
you should have asked if anybody wanted a tattoo. And they've been joking about it for years. So if yeah. anything, I would have just like riffed off it and be like, Sabrina, no, I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> like Cleo's trying to like have like setting a boundary moment with Sabrina at the tattoo parlor. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was just like, and she's just like complaining the whole time about her amazing life, which I get as a pregnant woman, you, you complain, you complain, you complain. But, you know, <laughs> she has a great life on the what she wanted to do. She's on the farm. She's with her girl. She's having a baby. Like, can we see some joy, Cleo? Yeah, no, that's very fair enough. That's true. I, let's just blame it on the pregnancy hormones, though, speaking as the non-pregnant person on this podcast. <laughs> 100%. I don't think that I related to any of them that much. Uh, like me individually, I love an itinerary. So I, when Sabrina pulled out the itinerary yes. with like what clothes to wear, I was like, oh, this is my girl. Yes. Like yeah. I loved that. I hated that she she put them in this situation. Like she was like, oh, how did you guys keep a secret from me? Um, I'm going to make it even worse for you. So I didn't love that, but I did really love her planning style, her um, the way she – Really figured out the logistics. I love that. She's trying to create a good event. However, right? Yeah, she's she's a party planner. She's a she's a party planner. Now I'm gonna go the complete opposite of what you said, HB. Felipe's friend group, who we hang out with all the time. This is them to a T. Wow. Like I yes. So I completely disagree. Like <laughs> they are like that. Like we are having adult sleepover benders and think you know it's oh, so i related to like the party aspect no but the thing is all of them are like in their 30s and i'm the one that's like maybe we should calm down and put our pajamas on come on guys like, oh my let's go gosh, home that's so funny but i i really liked every character honestly like i I think my favorite character, not that I related to them at all, was Wynn's dad. He was just the light yeah, of my life. He's so precious. Dropping the best quotes, dropping the best advice. Oh, he oh was the backbone yeah. of this book. Yeah, I highlighted him for best quote. I love Hank. He was <laughs> such a pijam. Precious gem of a man. I'm stealing that from the toast. He was a pijam. <laughs> I'm going to say the same. I think all three of us girls here are Sabrinas. I relate to that feeling of just wanting to make a trip or an experience feel so special that you like kind of make yourself crazy and you become this like control freak and you're like just trying to make everyone have a good time but you're also just like kind of being a freak totally um so that's why I relate to her and then also like the divorced parents of it all and just like feeling right. like just wanting that place to belong or like um having that something steady and constant in your life there was a part in the book where she talked about how the cottage and like her friend group was like the only steady constant thing in her life or like the most constant thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I feel that. And that's, that's why she was being so crazy about like making the week so perfect and like needing everybody there. She was going through a lot. It was intense. So I, I can relate. I totally agree. I think mm. that her, her woes, even though they were like the forefront of the book, they were the only woes on the table. Um, I felt like they like were downplayed and like, because everyone else was coming out with their secrets, like, oh, I'm pregnant, or like, when broke up with me, like, well, Sabrina, you know what, she's going through some things too, like, and, and she, she was honest about them, like, they were serious. And issues. she's pushing through and making itineraries. Yes. And she's here still having a good time, exactly. Yeah, and she was, like, being so lighthearted and funny about it, like, as much as she could be, like, she's just so cute, I really like her. She's Blake um, Lively. 
in my head. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. I see that. No, no, no. From Sisterhood. <laughs> she's Blake Lively from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh my gosh. I can't remember that movie. It's been like a million years since I've seen it, but I do picture Blake Lively as what she looks like. Yes. She was like the supermodel, like stunning, gorgeous hmm. woman. Michelle, do you picture someone specific? I don't know who, but it's not Blake Lively. It's someone with like a short sleek very french looking oh, like, oh emily in paris i'm picturing vibes. like emily in paris oh, yeah. i'm i'm picturing emily in paris <laughs> cute okay i can kind of see that too next question who were your favorite favorite and least favorite characters why i feel like this is a little bit different than who you relate to the most because i don't necessarily like sabrina the most i don't know let's let's see who what your answers are um i think i think i'm gonna have to go with Wynn's dad for favorite character <laughs> Just like I said, he's the backbone of this book. He really is, you know, the man, the myth, the legend. And um, I thought he was the wisest of the book. Um, Least favorite characters got to go to win because... Oh, you already said Cleo. I thought you were going to say Cleo. Okay. I mean both. I was just trying... But wait, I'm shook that you said win. Discrepancy. I think that Cleo and Win are both just not my type of people. Win's self-deprecating was just so much for me he's like oh I'm, I'm all I am is looks like I'm just not <laughs> with people like that he's like I'm not smart I'm like well get smart I like get I don't smart. Understand. <laughs> yeah it would it, that is such a big turn off to me when people are like oh my that, god it's, if they're like funny self-deprecating like here and there sure. I think it's nice and like endearing but he was on another level yeah yeah sad. you've got I mean at, at 30 you got to start standing behind something and I mean maybe he's standing yeah. behind his looks but like there's got to be a part of your brain that you like no he's standing behind his table that he made <laughs> <laughs> Can I play the devil's advocate here and say he really, you know, his life crumbled when Hank, the best character in the book, passed away. So I would like to give Wynn more credit than you are, Hallie Bell. I'm with you, Michelle. (laughs) Because he had these problems before Hank died. Did he? I I can't remember because it took me three weeks to read this book. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm just remembering the... The reason he was so self-deprecating, they explained it in the end, was because his twin sisters were, like, these brainiac geniuses, like, so he always felt inferior to them, which, like, I don't know, kind of get over yourself, but it's fair. It's kind of fair That's enough, a fine problem to have in high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Not as a grown adult um, trying to get married. It feels like nobody, like, really grew up. Like, I did feel like I was reading, and I kept I kept trying to go back and see if they ever said the ages of these people, because I only now re- am realizing that they're all in their 30s, because she was in college eight years yeah. ago, more than eight years ago, because now she's in a residency. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I kept thinking that they were, like, 22 to 24, like, max. And even then, like, you know. Michelle's way more grown than all these characters. hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, gosh. Take it away, Michelle. Who's your favorite, least favorite? Okay. Now, hear me out, guys. My favorite people, people, <laughs> were uh, Sabrina and Parth, but only when they were a couple. Yes. Um, because they they are the fun aunt and uncle that everybody wants. Like, they're throwing the yeah. parties. Mm-hmm. They're getting the people together. Given, yeah, they had the maturity of two 18-year-olds, and what are you going to do with that? But I just really love them together. I thought before filming this podcast that Cleo might be my favorite, 
But then I started to think about it and I was like, why? Because again, Hallie Bell, there is no like character. What's the word? Character growth. What, what oh, am I character development. Of? Development. There's no character development in really anybody here. So I don't know that I have a favorite, but I would love a spinoff of um, Sabrina and Parth being like the coolest godparents and aunt and uncle Ooh, and living yes. their lives. <laughs> That's so cute. I I was going to say, like, I feel like if she were to do a sequel to this book, or not a sequel, but, like, a sister book or whatever, I would love to see, like, Sabrina and Parth's origin story and their whole love story would be really cute because I really loved both of them so much. Did we see how they started dating or was that skipped over? It's really vague. It's in the middle and it's just, like, one night they're, like, fighting and they're, like, playing this game and then – um, Sabrina and Parth are the last two and then they like spend the night in the room and they're like it's never gonna happen again and then they spend the night in the room oh my gosh night. honestly it oh, was almost the I do same. not remember this it felt kind of like the same story as um Harriet and Wynn getting together like they're just college friends and they promise they're never gonna you know date their friends and then they end up all getting together but wait Michelle did you say your least favorite I don't know that I had a least favorite my least favorite might be um Harriet's mom she was the worst that is so right she's the true villain she was a terror she was like I thought it was so cute when Harriet's dad started sending her articles on how pottery creates like better mindfulness and then her mom is like your pottery's ugly she means I guess I get it like she's just so she's like the <laughs> ultimate, but also she's the biggest realist of this book. Like she's really trying to like, she's like, Harriet, you don't have to just do pottery. Like you could open a general practice. That was the thing for me. Like <laughs> just to have a side tangent here when she was like, I don't want to be a surgeon anymore. I was like, oh, that's okay. I mean, she'll probably open a pediatric office. No. <laughs> Something else in the medical field at least. No. I mean, nothing and you're at telling all. Me you, don't, you don't like it that much? Like you went through all that school and you don't have any passion for it? Like I, as a mother, I would just be like in the same boat. I would be like, let's kind of scale back. Like, you know, be a chiropractor. I don't know. Hallie Bell's that mom. <laughs> She's the realist. I, you saw your daughter work so hard. I mean, they, she literally took the MCAT. Like she's in her residency. Like let's slow down here and yeah, let's maybe, you know, open up a podiatrist place. I don't know. Like I just think she just something more slow paced that she could enjoy, but still use her, her degree. Yeah, and, and pottery is mm-hmm. a fine hobby. It's not a career. And I think that I think that people need to hear that. Um, I, just, <laughs> I think that if you're young and you're reading this book and you're like, Harriet's my role model for for taking this turn in life, she's not. And and that just needs to be said. No. If any of our listeners are doing ceramics, please keep it up. Don't let no, Holly Bell crush your hopes and dreams. But from five thirty on. You know what I mean? Like let's oh, keep it Oh no. Not even that. Like, if you've always been artistic, creative, and you have that thing in you, then sure, go be a ceramicist. I'm sure there's, you know, I've seen like $100 mugs that I've wanted to buy. So, like, there definitely is a, there's a market for it. There's a market, and it's right here. There's a niche market. (laughs) It's right here. It's I'm your girl. Make a cute mug. I will buy it for $80. Like, I'm, I'm that crazy girl. But if you've never had an interest, First of all, not, not only if you're not good at it, but if you've never thought about it, never have an interest in it, never been a creative person, and then you're 30 years old and all of a sudden you go from brain surgeon to 
pottery person. Like that was such a swerve and that was the most unrealistic, craziest part of the book. But I kind of liked it. At least she was honest with her sister. She was like, are you having a breakdown? And she's like, yeah, I might be. And I was like, thank you, God. At least she's understanding that this is not normal. No, I agree. Also, her little text combo with her sister at the end was really sweet. And I think I teared up at that too because I was like, that's so – it was really sweet. I just loved it. Um, Yeah, that was good. Okay, bringing it back to favorite, least favorite characters, my answer is Parth was my favorite, like, main character person. I loved Hank. We all love Hank. But Parth, yes. Parth, as far as like more of the core friend group, he was my favorite character because he was just so fun, sweet, the life of the party. But he also just loved Sabrina so much and it was really sweet to see like the things that he was doing for her. And I don't know. I just liked it. I love that. Also, I really loved Wynn. I got to say it, Hallie Bell. <laughs> I loved Wynn. I liked him a lot He had a too, lot of really fr- – Thank you. He had so many frustrating qualities, but just like the way that he loved Harriet and the way that he was – he was really funny. He was a really talented furniture repairman. <laughs> oh he was frustrating because, like, I wanted to like him so much, but he was just being so annoying by, like, not saying what he needed to say throughout the whole book. But then once we got all of his backstory and I could understand him more, it made me love him. Like, by the end, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a win. I'm I'm a win girl. I love him. Also, sorry, side tangent. Can we talk about how weird everyone's name is in this book? Yes. We have- yes. <laughs> What is Parth? What is Parth? I've never heard this name in my life. It, it actually – When I feel like it is actually – I know actually, a couple Parths. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Oh, I've never yes. heard that used as a name. I feel like it's a total <gasps> Upper East Side rich kid name, like Chuck from okay. Gossip Girl. Like I just think it's like Parth. Like, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Arthur. Well, what about well, – Okay. What about Wynn's sisters, Michael and Lou? No. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you is so much name, for bringing that up. Is it her name, I was Michael? so confused about this – Yes, there was a sister named Michael, and I said, sister? Um, I think it's just a Montana thing. (laughs) Listen, and I don't discriminate because I love a a gender-neutral name, but I was taken aback. I was kind of confused. Yeah, maybe try Michaela. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that everyone's names were, like, so out there. Next question. Do you have a favorite quote from this book? Please share. I loved the writing of this. It's early on, page 65. This is Harriet. There wasn't a ton I could do to help except cleaning. And I like how it's so measurable. Like you immediately see what you're doing is making a difference. That to me just spoke to my very core of who I am. Um, And I just love that. I was like, and she goes on about cleaning and it just really, because whenever I am stressed or going through something, nothing makes me more happy than to make my home look like a magazine. And I feel like Harriet is totally that type of girl too. So I love that. That's so funny. There really is nothing better than a clean house. Like they always say clear clear house, clear mind or whatever. It's so yeah. true. Like I can I can't feel like I can't get anything done until the house is just like picked up. And when Harriet came down like and everybody's fighting and she comes down to the kitchen and she's like, "You know what? If I can just clean this kitchen, people will wake up and they'll be like, "Oh, things are not so bad." And I can yeah. so relate to that. Like every night I like clean my kitchen because I want to come down in the morning and I want to be like, "Okay, here we go." Like Everything's where it's supposed Life to be. Good. Life is good. <laughs> and I love that. I think people really – it's something people don't maybe 
outwardly appreciate, but does truly make a difference in your soul. I love that. Michelle, did you have a favorite (laughs) quote, even though you said you didn't highlight anything? (laughs) Here's the thing. So I wrote down, let me count. I'm going to count it. One, two, three, four, five. I wrote down five like scenes and quotes, and I don't know which one I want to use for my favorite quote or my favorite scene, but my favorite quote or topic between two people was when Hank was Wynn's dad was telling Harriet like welcome home kid like happy to have you love you so much like yeah I love that scene I love that quote and it's not like it was just That's a heartfelt so quote because she didn't have that good family life and he, she I think her response was like that's it I'm home yeah. and I was like oh that quote is so cute because he's like welcome home kiddo I love that <laughs> loved I love 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 that and that's like all she ever wanted was to feel like this cozy homey hominess she always was like I feel so homesick even when she was at home which is like the saddest thing oh ever. my gosh and that goes back to like her cleaning vibes like just trying to make things like yeah. clean and cozy for people yeah she was always trying to create a home that's cute okay I like Harriet <laughs> no you don't Sophie what was yours okay so I honestly probably could find a better quote but I highlighted so much stuff and then whenever I was scrolling through trying to pick one I just like I couldn't read through all of them, so I just picked this one because <laughs> it's good. It's good. A happy potter is better for this world than a miser- miserable surgeon because Harriet was really struggling with the fact that she was going to, like, not be a surgeon and because do pottery instead, and she thought that it was, like, selfish to choose this other path instead of helping people. But then it's true. Like, being happy and doing what you love is way more, sub- like, beneficial for the world than doing something that you're miserable in and being an unhappy person. So I like that. Totally. All right. This is always one of my favorite questions. I say always like we've been doing this for years, but (laughs) it's our second episode and it's my favorite part of the podcast. Do you have a favorite scene from the book? Okay. My favorite scene, because I literally highlighted like three things from this because it made me laugh so hard, was the ending scene when she's getting off the plane or like she's like like grappling with whether like he loves her or not. And she goes, he's afraid. And I'm like... (laughs) Harriet, you sound like a crazy woman. <laughs> She's like, that's it. He's afraid. And then he goes, he goes, you're here, he says, out of breath. And all he did was like walk from his car to the to the airport. And I'm like, why is he out of breath? <laughs> and then that made me laugh. <laughs> and it was How just, oh my it gosh. was just the cheesiness of this scene. Like, it just like. I was I was so thankful one that like we said that he was there at the airport but but also just like hearing Harriet go through this in her mind like oh my god fine he's afraid <laughs> it's not that he doesn't love me I'm like are you sure no but she was right that's the no, thing she, she was, was right but in my head I was just like put the brakes put the brakes like <laughs> maybe send a text first <laughs> Don't get off your flight. He couldn't because she had his number blocked. And like, you know, she's just like deboarding this plane and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like we're just trying to leave this place. And this crazy woman's running off the plane. Like, (laughs) I love my drama. I loved it. Michelle, do you have a favorite scene? Um, I have three. (laughs) You guys are going to hate me. I have three that I wrote down. Okay. So my first of the third is like when they met, I thought it was so adorable and I was picturing like Timothy Chalamet pulling up in this red Jaguar how do you say that and I was like this is the coolest 
meeting scene. It was so cute. So I really like that. But my all-time favorite that I thought about the entire time, and this might be my favorite quote, is when they are doing the drugs <laughs> in the movie theater and they're just like passing the gummy bears. And then I think Kimmy or one of them says, I can feel my blood. Yes. And I was like, yeah, this is maybe, maybe it was Harriet. And they're just sitting there like, I think again, that, yeah, I think this is like a brain surgeon. Yeah, it's like a brain surgeon and two lawyers, and they're like, I, I'm so high. I can feel my blood. I loved that scene. <laughs> then so to, take it, to take it to a more serious note and going back to their past, I adored the scene where they're talking about how they were random roommates in college and they just moved in and they were like putting all their mattresses together to form this like mega bed because I was like, oh, that reminds me so yeah. much of college. And it was just so sweet. So those are my three favorites. I love that. <laughs> those what are about you, so Soph? good. Those are so, so good. <laughs> I love it. Um, my favorite scene, I'm trying to think of like a funny one like that, but the one that I had in my mind is just like a really sweet, cozy scene. And it's where she goes to meet his parents for the first time. And they're like walking through the snow to get to their house. And it's like this snowy, gorgeous little cottage. And it's yes. so cozy. And like the fire and the lights are glowing up the house. And then his parents come out in their little Christmas pajamas. Like, or they're like matching plaid pajamas. Their robes. It's so cute. Their robes over their pajamas. I love and that And they just part. like scoop her up and give her the biggest hug and are so welcoming. And like that's just so precious. That just – it really – I felt like I was there and I just like love a cozy vibe. It made me want to go to Montana so bad. I'm like I need to go to Montana for Christmas sometime. That Let's so do cozy. it. Should we go to Montana? Should we but do also, it? also the scene in that, in that same group or chapter when Hank – I'm going back to Hank. When he pours – he does the pour over coffee for every yes. single coffee cup. Yes. That, that is so Greg. That's Hallie Bell's husband. <laughs> it reminded me so much of Greg. Okay. We're coming to the end of this of these discussion questions. And I want to know, how did everybody feel about how the book wrapped up? Do you feel like it was rushed? Was it thoroughly explained enough? Did it feel out of the blue? What do we think? I think it was fine wrapped up. Um, I, for me, again, like I would have just rather – focused on the girls more. Um, and I felt like the book was just out of proportion with what I wanted as a reader. Um, so it did feel rushed, but maybe not for Harriet and Wynn's story. Like that was definitely well explained. <laughs> so the, the other yeah. characters were like really wrapped up quick, but they weren't like the highlight of the book. Um, but I would love a spinoff, you know, more focused on the girls. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Wynn and Harriet were wrapped up perfectly, whatever. It worked. The airport scene, it was great. Um, and I don't feel like it was rushed, but I wish we would have had more towards the middle of the book, more of them being in love, their little kisses in the cellar or whatever's going on. I wish we had more of that. Um, yeah. And maybe they talked about their feelings more in the beginning of the week. That's what should we touch on the steam of this book? Yeah, let's touch on it. I feel like the steam in this book was just like it was torturous if you love steam in a book because it was just so delayed. Like they were like, they're gonna kiss, they're gonna kiss, yeah. and they just don't. 
It was never there. And (laughs) that's what was like, okay, does Wynn really like Harriet? Because, like, he is taking a long time to make a move. Like, yeah. It was just like he had a lot of willpower, I guess. She was like, he's standing far away, but his heart's pounding. (laughs) Oh, my God. As much as we could. Like she's like she's like his vital signs are definitely elevated. Like to me, she's like such a doctor. Like there was a couple times when she was like touching him and he would get goosebumps, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's a good sign. He's got goosebumps." <laughs> yes, she's like such a doctor. She does have a passion for the field. No, you're right. She was always thinking in doctor terms. You're so right. I feel like there was a good amount of steam though. Like towards the end, there were at least like three like very steamy scenes. That shower, outdoor shower scene. I was like, okay. <laughs> intense <laughs> that's one of those when you have your audible on and your spouse walks in and you gotta pause <laughs> thankfully I wasn't listening to this on audible I actually read it on my kindle and I was thankful for that and you do the little tilt <laughs> like I'm about to read something very private <laughs> no I would never read that on an airplane <laughs> never I also I think I liked how the story wrapped up I was so grateful that they ended up finally getting together in the end because it really was up until the last flipping second of this book that I was like are they is she gonna go back to this miserable life or is she gonna go and ride off into the sunset in Montana with the love of her life I really didn't know until the final last seconds and I was very grateful for that and I was happy I will say the one thing that I guess felt rushed was just like her just like switching to pottery all of a sudden I was like okay but she did say she's like I don't have to choose like my forever life's path like I'm just gonna pick something that makes me happier that I can do in the meantime while I figure this out. And she's like, I don't know if it's going to be pottery forever, but like this makes me happy right now. So I'm going to do it. And she wanted to be with Wynn. So I thought it was sweet. I liked it. I do wish that we got more of the girls and their their dynamic and like flesh that out a little bit more. But, you know, it was a romance. So, okay. Final question I wanted to talk about. And it's really more like us based, I guess. It's not really about the book. But if you were going to take a yearly trip to the same place, where would you go and who would you go with? Oh, my gosh. It's already our yearly trip to St. Pete with Sophie and Josh, and we need Michelle and Felipe there. It's the best trip. We've done it twice now, so we're going to go on three years next year, and Felipe and Michelle have to come. It's the St. Pete is the cutest little town. It's got dolphins and just beach (laughs) vibes, old people in condos, and it's like my ideal place. Oh, we're so really different. Makes my heart burst. <laughs> I love. <laughs> okay, Michelle. it makes it makes my heart burst too because I want to come next year. I'm I'm inviting myself. Yeah, please I'm, do. We're coming, Felipe. Put that on your calendar. Um, but because I live at the beach, I'm taking a different spin on it. And if I could do a trip every year, I would go back to Hallie Bell's wedding in Telluride, Colorado with all of our closest friends. And unfortunately, my husband couldn't come on that trip, but I would love it if we could go maybe in the winter and just get a big cozy cabin. Agreed. And it doesn't have to be Telluride, maybe just like a small winter town and we just drink hot chocolate. Like that was just uh, the best weekend. My answer... I want to keep in theme with this like girls trip vibe and I would say, and we also need to include Michelle again, is our 30A trip that Hallie Bell and I did a few years ago now it's been, yes. but we went oh, and wow. stayed. 
we stayed um, and pretty much spent all of our time at Rosemary Beach and oh, on 30A and like went love. to Seaside and Allie's Beach. And it's just the dream. If you've never heard of it, I think everyone's heard of it by now. But if you haven't, do a little Google search. It's like you're in Greece or like Europe. It's so beautiful. But it's in the panhandle of Florida. Gorgeous. And there are so many incredible restaurants, coffee shops, beautiful stores to shop in. And it's just like such a good vibe. And the beaches are so stunning. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. Oh, that it. is a good one because there's yeah. such good food and it, it's just like – it's like going out of the country without having to go out of the country. Totally. And it's so close for most of us, like just being in Florida. Um, and who I would go with, I would just like bring the Jolly Girls. Just the Jolly Girls. <laughs> and your mom. <laughs> and and maybe all of, all of our husbands. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're right. The Jolly Girls, our moms, and our husbands. <laughs> Wow. Shout out, Mistina. Now it is time. Let's do our moral of the story. I think this is going to be a new little segment we do every every episode. Um, if we have like a main takeaway that we could share, what do you think the moral of the story was? Oh my gosh. Here is my takeaway. And this is so funny. It's also one of my favorite quotes that I didn't mention. He's, she said, he's he's asking her to name something that annoys her about him. And she's like, he's like, just say something minor. And he, she goes, you load the dishwasher wrong. And (laughs) (laughs) this is not your takeaway. Your takeaways are about cleaning and loading the dishwasher. (laughs) I I just related to this (laughs) dynamic so much, but it's also Harriet. It's not something minor. You know, it's something that affects your day to day, like loading the dishwasher. We do it every day. It needs to be done right. I just literally, (laughs) when she has something to say like that, I just connected with it so much. Michelle, did you have a takeaway? My moral of this story is completely different than Hallie Bell's. And I, so in the last episode, we talked about if the title was like perfect for the book. And I, my title is that this, or my moral is that this title was absolutely perfect for the book because I think every character, and again, we need some spinoffs, every character has their happy place, even if it's not necessarily a set in stone place, it's a person or it's a location. And I loved that. That was my takeaway is that everybody has their happy place. I love that. My moral, I didn't write it down, but I think my moral was just that like you need to live life right now like stop waiting for life to happen to get to a point in your life like how Harriet was just like going to school for like so many years like thinking that she's finally going to get to this place where she's like in a career and she's happy but she's miserable the whole time she's doing it yeah I think it was just like live life now your life is happening right now like stop delaying your joy like you shouldn't be living for the weekend as like you you know there's a certain level where like a job is always going to be a job but at the same time you need to have like joyful moments and make memories mm-hmm. and have fun like in your everyday life instead of just putting everything off to the future because you don't know you never know you know yeah. your days are always numbered I love I that. love that and you can't <laughs> live for other people either you know you can't yes. live for your mom or dad you can't live even honestly for your spouse like you have to live for yeah. yourself because then that's the only truly way that everyone else around you will be at peace is when you're at peace Yeah, that is so on point. We want to start doing this thing where we share a word or maybe more. Maybe there's going to be more than one, but we're going to try to like highlight words that we learned throughout this book because I think it's so fun. Like reading is obviously a great way to expand your vocabulary and I love learning new words. I'm a word lover. So so I thought it'd be fun. Um, Hallie Bell, were there any words in this book that you didn't know before you read the book? 
Yes. Frontoparietal. Oh my God. Um, in the concept. <laughs> the scientific word. More like my frontal parietal network is short circuiting. Short circuiting. It's like a concept of the brain Ooh. that is like controls your. I don't really know. <laughs> Sorry, I Googled it and I'm like, I'm having a hard time explaining it. Let this me- is the segment where we, where we talk about words that we didn't know that we still don't know what they mean. <laughs> I took such a different spin on this. Okay, the frontal parietal network is a control network distinct from the salience. I like literally the definition. I can't even read some of these words. It, it's like a, it's a brain surgery term. It's a brain surgery a brain term. term. Yeah. And it threw okay. me for a loop. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> very fair enough that you didn't know that brain surgery term because you're not a brain surgeon. thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm going a completely different route here and i know this term and i know this word but i wrote it down because bar harbor is one of my like favorite places in the entire world bar harbor maine and everything everywhere says wicked pissa and I know I'm not okay, saying thank you. That. Please explain. Okay. I, I've never heard this in my life. I've never I, been to Maine and I need to know. I can't explain it because I, I don't really understand it, but I just love it. <laughs> and I wrote this for my favorite quote, my favorite scene, and my favorite word was when they got the the wedding cake that said, happy birthday, wicked piss. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's like, you, you're doing that wrong. And he's like, I don't care. And they're like, we don't care. We don't care. I just... I love different like dialects for different places. And so though it's not a word, I just love it so much. And I can do a quick Google search if you guys want me to. Please. I need to know what Wicked Pissa actually means. So the definition on visitmain.net, which I'm I'm crediting as a reliable source. Yeah, that's legit. Their definition of Wicked Pissa is an extreme emphasis on how shockingly extraordinary something is, which is so on brand for us as people. And I want to give a shout out to Sophie here because Sophie will say every everything is the best ever. And it's so wicked for her. <laughs> it's a wicked pissa. You're, so, you're so, so right. That's my favorite word, my favorite quote. I loved it. And I love Bar Harbor. So it was perfect. <laughs> That's a good one. Michelle, that's incredible. I freaking <laughs> love that. And you're so right. Everything is wicked pissa. Like I'm obsessed with everything and everything's the best. <laughs> this this wine is the best wine I've ever tasted. <laughs> it is. It's from Trader Joe's. <laughs> we hey, love Trader Joe's. not from Aldi. <laughs> stop. Stop it, guys. She goes, stop. She literally stopped laughing. She I like, got so stop. serious. Stop. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Yes, I love Aldi. I have a tear in my eye. This is our this is our ranking as friends. Okay, Hallie Bell's the best of us because she shops at Whole Foods exclusively, pretty much. No, I shop at mostly Trader Joe's slash Publix exclusively, and Michelle's an Aldi girl. I'm an Aldi girl. Listen, She's put me at the bottom. Diving. I am dumpster diving for the candles at Aldi. Like, put me on the bottom of the totem pole. I shop at Aldi, and I have no shame. <laughs> It, Aldi is wicked. I'm. Oh my gosh! I'm getting you a shirt that says Aldi wicked pizza. <laughs> wicked pizza. <laughs> the way that oh I have actual God. tears right now oh, because Holly Bell says she's dumpster dumpster guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's expired products. <laughs> oh. 
Listen, Halle Bell's never even been inside of an Aldi. She doesn't get it. I'm sorry to any Aldi lovers out there. I feel like I need to just clarify for the listeners. Neither Halle Bell nor I has ever walked step foot in an Aldi. So we don't even know what we're talking about. This is just our probably wrong perception that we have of Aldi. And we like to make fun of Michelle for shopping there. No, No, it's pretty rad. It's kind of accurate. We have to move on from Aldi, you guys. Okay, (laughs) okay. Sophie, what is your favorite... What was your word or your word you didn't know? My word is like very boring compared to Wicked Pizza, <laughs> but it is <laughs> it is subterfuge. I've never heard it before and I thought it was like the, some part of a submarine or something. <laughs> I was like subterfuge, okay? But I just looked it up and it means deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. Oh, okay. I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like – like the definition was like, oh yeah, like that should be a more well-known word, you know? Like people do that yeah. a lot. We have come to the point of the episode. We are going to rank this book out of five stars. Each of us are going to give our rating and then we'll calculate an average review. Let's do it, guys. Um, Hallie Bell, do you have a rating? Yes. Sorry. It's <laughs> a 2.5 for me. I mean, oh, I think it's like... It's something I would recommend to a friend so that we could rift on it together, but I wouldn't say like, oh my gosh, this is a good book. You're going to love it. Like, I, I just wouldn't use it as like something funny to talk about. Sorry. I'm literally, in, I'm in shock <laughs> That's right now. That's tea. That's tea, Hollywell. <laughs> I agree with the tea though. She's drinking my tea. Um, I'm drinking the tea and I haven't really thought about what I would write this book until this very moment. And I'm so sorry, guys, but I, I would give it a two. I wouldn't read it again, and I would not recommend it to somebody. Y'all are sorry. absolutely killing me. No, yeah, five stars for me. Can you at least see our side readers? You know what I no. mean? Like, can you at least see some of the the error? Absolutely not. Okay. There were moments in the book where I was like, okay, it's going to be a solid four stars. But then once I got through the end and I like got to know all the characters and their motivations and like really fully understood why they made the decisions they made, I was like, yeah, fair enough, five stars. And also what really pushed it over the edge was just her writing in this book was so freaking good. Like the descriptions like the immersive experience I feel like the emotions were like coming off the page like you could feel everything that the characters were feeling like I was fully in this book I ate it up and I really enjoyed I enjoyed every page I was never like dreading picking up the book or anything like that like I really wanted to pick it up I enjoyed it I got emotional towards the end I really felt for the characters like once I understood them and yeah I gotta be five stars (laughs) I I'm glad because I'm glad there are people out there enjoying this book and I actually did enjoy it but like again like I have to switch off different parts of my brain yeah to achieve a five-star view you have to switch off your frontal (laughs) cortex (laughs) wow I'm shocked you guys I I knew that you weren't like obsessed with the book but I didn't think it was going to be in the twos (laughs) two's not a bad thing um it's horrible listen sometimes you want to pick up a two you don't want to pick up a five. Too much. Not me, no. I, I, I never want to pick up a two. <laughs> Sometimes you just want something easy to read, easy to grasp. Yeah. Enjoyable. Totally. Fine. But I would give that I would give that like a three, three and a half. Something that's a two for me is like I hated my time with this book, like would never recommend it to anybody. I think we're operating on different scales. Maybe we need to analyze our our rating scales. We have different scales for sure. Because a five to me is like I would recommend it to everybody. I loved it. Didn't dread any of it. Loved every page. Highlighted a lot. 
don't know, made me feel something. Okay. I'm going to stick with the 2.5. <laughs> I respect your opinion, okay. Sophie. I do. No, no. I, re- I respect y'all's opinions too, but I'm just like, I can't relate. <laughs> okay. I've calculated our three ratings. <laughs> and this book, Happy Place, average rating for Jolly Cove Book Club is a 3.1. Wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not a bad really thing. Threw off our curve. <laughs> Y'all threw off my curve. <laughs> it's not a bad three. I feel like that's it's not incredibly low. Incredibly low. I think it has like four point five on Goodreads. So I think Ugh. I'm. Correct. We should buffer in a point four for the harshness of the Jolly Cove. <laughs> Just a slight right. curve, so that we don't totally. So what should we call it? A 3.5? 3.5. I'll give it a 3.5. Sure. I'm happy with that. Okay. 3.5. Um, I loved recording this episode. This was so fun to discuss. I had the best time talking about Happy Place. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Now it is time to announce the next book. The book we have chosen as our next Jolly Cove pick is The True Love Experiment by Christina Lauren. I'm so excited about this. It is their brand new release. It drops on May 16th, which is the day after this episode comes out. So be sure to get the book, do the reading, and come back to listen to us talk about it. We are dropping new episodes episodes every other Monday. So keep an eye out for the episode, which will be up on the Monday after next, May 29th. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and we will see you next Monday. Bye Bye guys. Thanks. Bye everybody. Nailed it. (laughs) We nailed it guys. Not not the 10 minute Aldi rant. It was the funniest (laughs) thing, even if we cut it out, that is just like, I need a clip of that.